Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest episode of the Blues on Parade podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea, and we're going to talk a lot of shit about Chelsea. We're not going to talk shit about anyone else, because we deserve it. Um, mm. I feel deflated some. Still, l- more than 24 hours have passed. 48 hours, actually, since the match. No, 24. That's and uh, it feels like 48. Let's just put it that way. I mean, I am... I'm still fucking irritated. How about you? Yeah, I think it's time for us to change our um, our motto. Because I hate that stupid fucking joke that we make every single time we play a shit game. It's, we're going to talk shit about Chelsea and talk shit about Chelsea. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's uh, obviously, you know, gutted because it was just like in this terrible season it would have been nice to have a little bit of glimmer, you know, of hope, but I don't know. I think the more we get into talking about the match, I'll uh, make my feelings a little bit more apparent where I just don't think like, you know, thinking big picture wise, you know, how important was winning that trophy? Well, Chelsea lost one. nil. did they? Uh, Yeah. Unfortunately, Just go through the starting 11 really quickly. We had Petrovic in goal, who was probably our best player on the night. So credit to him. I think he made a a record 10 saves in the cup final. Jesus. Um, Yeah, yeah, he was a a monster. But but we know that. Um, Ben Chilwell starting at left back. Levi Colwell and DeSassi at center back. Malo Gusto on the right. Double pivot of Caicedo and Enzo. Cole Palmer on the right-hand side of our midfield. Uh, Attacking midfielders, rather. Connor Gallagher in the middle playing the 10, Sterling on the left, Nico Jackson up top. So, Sam, before, I mean, we don't really have a, a script script because don't. I don't want to go through and talk about the X's and O's of the game because, frankly, who gives a shit? We lost. And uh, I think we should just kind of start at least with something somewhat positive. I mean, just going through the starting 11 here, I know it was a shaky performance from a majority of these guys, but I mentioned Petrovic as being one of the standouts. Did you notice anyone else that kind of showed up to play? Yeah, I mean, once again, Malo Gusto. Um, I think he's pretty much shown out for almost every match this season. Um, he's been fantastic. Um, I can't say the same for um, Chilwell on the left hand side. He had a pretty stinky match but Malagusto once again just making me ask such difficult questions in my head every time I watch him play I think I think Malagusto started the game really shaky he had a lot of bad touches and miscontrols and whatnot which I I do chalk off the nerves early on you want to yeah early on and then I think at about the 20-25 minute mark he really started to sort of pick his game up I think he defended really well 1v1 against Luis Diaz who frankly, was probably the best attacking player on the pitch across the whole of the match between both sides. I want to I wanna shout out uh, Nico Jackson. Yeah, I thought for someone that was feeding on absolute scraps, I thought Nico did everything that he sh- could have 
to try and create opportunities. Obviously should have had an assist. Didn't really get any good looks on goal, but I mean, again, the link-up play, he's getting way more comfortable playing with the ball, uh, playing with his back to goal, which is a criticism we've all had of him early on. I mean, did you kind of see the same thing from Nico? Like, he was huffing and puffing, but nobody else seemed to really be up for it. Yeah, you know, I want to give a shout-out, because this guy has been getting, I saw a lot of shit talked about him this match. Mm-hmm. I thought Raheem Sterling looked pretty decent. Like, oh, geez. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, this is this. He he, the one number one thing was he tracked back on defense. He really did. Like, there was a couple times where, like, like, I saw someone make a an, an attempt for the like for the ball near our own box, and I thought it was Caicedo, and I'm like, wait, that's not his number. And then I realized it was Sterling tracking back all the way to our own box. And he did it a couple times. I want to give him credit. And I saw like the, the stat going around that he didn't create a single chance. Like I remember him playing a diet like a, a ball. Um someone played it to him and he was like near the touchline and passed it back, like a cutback pass to someone. And I forget exactly what it was, but I don't know. I I felt like I saw a different match than everyone else. I mean, I'm just going to play devil's advocate. I thought you were going to mention Caicedo. That's why I kind of started nodding my head, because I thought Caicedo is a guy that gets a lot of shit who's actually pretty fucking good. Um, Raheem Sterling, obviously no chances created. He in... But I think that's wrong. I have to rewatch it. Well, look, in 67 minutes, he only completed eight passes. He only had two touches in the opposition box. Zero for three dribbles completed. Zero for six ground duels won. Oh yeah, <laughs> and didn't and didn't win any aerial duels. So the I eye think tests, he, man, you can't you can't believe all the stats, bro. It's all all about the eye test too. I mean, my eye test was that he was dog shit, and he and honestly, there I don't was know. I don't know who was the one that played the cross to him where he took that extra touch, and then Nico had a like a wide open chance in front of goal, and Kelleher made like a crazy double save. Yeah. I'm forgetting and who exactly played Raheem, on that ball, but Raheem Sterling had a goal too. I refuse to believe that offsides call. He had a goal too. Don't forget sad, about that. The sad part with Sterling is that we've been so critical of his finishing, but somehow he's the only guy that could sort of find the ball in the that, that could put the ball in the back of the net in some matches. And that's the frustrating part. And I think that's like the over the overarching theme of this match was yes, if you look at it. Chelsea did create enough opportunities, but we didn't put any of them away. I think it's five big chances missed compared to Liverpool's one, which is just, it's mind-blowing how we miss some of these opportunities, like, especially in that second half where Cole Palmer had a shot and missed, and then Nkunku had a shot, point blank, missed. Connor yeah. Gallagher took an extra touch and shot it right Jeez. at Kelleher. And then right after that, Gallagher gets another chance outside the box to redeem himself, and he puts it like yeah. in like let's, Rosette. I'll talk about that one. <laughs> Good lord! I mean, does it? It sometimes I feel like like the world is just messing with us. Like I feel like the world's trolling us with our finishing sometimes. Yeah, dude, it, this has been an issue for like three seasons now, maybe four. Um, it's. I don't know. I really it it at 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 some point 
it becomes like like you can't blame the players, the training, like like a lot of it has to do with like luck. I don't know. Like how can we not have guys finish in in these matches when they clearly have the ability to? They but what's know that they do. Yeah, I guess what's frustrating to me some when I think about like the finishing aspect of things. Luck wasn't the reason why we put three past Villa. Luck wasn't the reason why we put four past City at the bridge. Like, overall, our finishing in those matches was on par with, like, a Premier League-level <laughs> finishing, right? Generally speaking, if you create five big chances in a match, that should you be more than enough one. to win. You yeah. should have at least one goal. Yeah, in a game that only needed one goal. Like... And that's the thing. Like I'm, lo- I'm looking at the stats right now. Liverpool had five more shots, but we had four more big chances. So we were creating more quality opportunity. And I think that's sort of a credit to Chelsea. I mean, you mentioned Gusto earlier. A big credit to Gusto because Luis Diaz was on one that game. And somehow, someway, Gusto seemed to put a lid on him for a majority of the match and really forced him to just kind of take half chances. So... I I just don't know. Like I, I I do think it's on the players. I do think that they that they do deserve some blame here because look at the way we started the match. I mean, Levi Colwell miss with with some heavy touches. Malo Gusto with heavy touches. Caicedo and Enzo giving the ball. Enzo did not. It, it seemed like he didn't find a blue shirt all match. I mean, he yeah. was he was dog shit the entire match, the whole hundred twenty minutes. And you just look around, you know, Cole Palmer really didn't find his feet until about an hour into the game. And then he had a good, like, 20, 30-minute burst towards the end of the second half. But yeah, you have to chalk off missing these chances to nerves, don't you? At least, like, part of it? Like, why, why is a Chelsea player feeling more pressure than any other team? It, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't buy it. Like, why is it that, like... There are other big teams that have players come in and they 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 finish at let's just say like an adequate level. Like I'm not talking about top tier elite finishers. Like if we had a decent like conversion rate, we would be a top six team for sure. Right now we're yeah. in fucking eleventh place. I don't know how I really don't understand how how our inability like we just because you can't even blame the defense this match. I mean, we kept a clean sheet for 117 minutes, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, took a like, set piece to beat us. Yeah, I mean, it fucking pisses me off. Why don't we just get right into the Twitter questions, and we can kind of bounce before off. Before we of each wait, before we get ones. into the tw- before we do that, I just I have to address something because. Chelsea have been the the laughing stock of the whole Premier League for the last 24 hours plus whatever. It's been brutal, really bad and getting it from, you know, opposing fans. You know, what who was who the fuck said it? Gary um, Neville. Gary Neville the billion blue pound blue ball, bottle bottlers whatever they are. He fucking said that's a fucking joke. I mean, there's a stack going around that we're the first English club to lose six straight domestic cup finals. 
like they're totally forgetting the fact that we won the biggest fucking trophy in all of club competition in the middle of that stretch as well. You're going to call us bottlers after we win the Champions League two years ago? Like, give me a fucking break. And where the fuck are you guys? You guys didn't make it to the championship. You guys didn't make, I mean, you, you guys didn't make it to the finals. You guys got eliminated early on in the competition. I don't understand where the fuck this, the, people have the nerve to dis, discredit the team for making it to the finals. And yeah, I mean, sure. You want to call it bottling? I, I think maybe this most recent one, we bottled it because it was just like, this was the perfect opportunity given mm-hmm. Liverpool's injuries, the fact that, you know, Klopp made a bunch of substitutions pretty early on, like 60, 60th minute. Like we played a full, like 50 plus minutes against a bunch of kids. And C team, we not able, even a B team. Yeah. I mean, we weren't able to uh, come out with a win, you know, like that. I agree that we, Kind of messed up this opportunity, but like in the pa- the past, like the last two ones against Liverpool, we lost some penalties. You'll everyone remembers that uh, FA Cup in 2020 against Arsenal, how much of a fucking joke that was, and how we deserved to win that. But just because of the hamstring as he yep. was shooting on an open net, and then Sam, to even add to your point, sorry to and, cut you off, but the last yeah. cup final against Liverpool, Lukaku's offside that was a mm-hmm. sham. Yeah, two straight cup finals like that. So you can you could generalize all you want and I get it like it's just this is this is the nature of, of football like everyone is is reactionary. Everyone wants to pile on like it's fun like I like to do it when it's other against other teams as well. But a lot of it I just like come on. Like you don't know like you have the fucking nerve to talk about like Arsenal fans have the nerve to laugh about Chelsea not winning a, a trophy when the last one you guys won was that 2021 and that was a fucking sham sham of a <laughs> like I mean they couldn't even have make an impact in Europa League for the six consecutive seasons that they were in it. Like, yeah they fucking on, bro. three days before our cup final you guys lost in the first leg of the Champions League knockout stage, the fucking Porto in the ninety with a ninety fourth minute fucking walk off winner, like get the, the same fuck city out of where here, we bro. won the Champions League. Yep. Like, yeah. Get the fuck no, out of here. I get it. I get it. But at the same time, I don't think there's any other way to look at this result, seeing how the match played out and how we outplayed them for large stretches and how we created better opportunities. I think the right word is that we bottled it. We bottled yeah, I, this I opportunity I for that. sure. I, like, I yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. I think we bottled this. And you know, the, the the road to get here was well deserved. I mean, yeah, we had a late goal for Mudrick against Newcastle that kind of helped us along the way. But what are you going to call that performance against Villa? A uh, a uh, a sham? Like, come on, no. We we followed the Villa performance up with a really good performance against. Man City, like th- th- this is what I this is where I get a little frustrated. But at the same time, our issue is the same issue that we've had all season, and it's the reason why we bottled this match. We create chances, but we can't score fucking goals. And yeah. and I'm also gonna add this, and I'm sure we'll talk about it throughout these questions. The 
the tactics in extra time. The fact that we decided to bring on attackers, but have them defend for the whole of extra time against a bunch of fucking academy kids. Like, excuse me, if you're going to sit and you're just going to defend, why is Gilchrist on the bench? Can you explain that to me? Like, you're, you're, you're playing Madueke as a, a fucking auxiliary right wing back. Oh, man. Like, it, it, it's a fucking joke. We created five big chances against them in 90 minutes. Why? You have an extra 30 minutes. You can, you could create another big chance or two. What are the odds we miss seven big chances, Song? Or six big chances compared to five? Like, that's man, the part that high. just drives me crazy, man. Ah, we... The formula was there. The last 20 minutes or so of that game, we should have won it in the, in the, in, uh, the first 90 minutes, right? Mm -hmm. I'd say like the last half hour to 20 minutes, yeah. we wiped the floor with Liverpool. Yeah. So why not post, do that in extra time? Yeah, I mean, Poch mentioned it. Like, everyone was gassed. It was low energy, like... There's a, there's a go. side of me there's a side of me that is like annoyed with the complacency of wanting to get to extra time I mean to penalties um instead of trying to go for the you know jugular and ending it but like another side of me understands like I don't think that was all just his decision like I think he looked at the players he looked at their mentality how how you know gas they all were too and, and like i think that it was what the players wanted to do maybe as well so i don't, I don't know i don't i don't i i see what you're saying but i i i i, I don't buy that bullshit we we're not even in europe it's not like we play twice a week why are these players getting fucking exhausted at the end of 90 minutes when the liverpool did you see us in between uh, full time and extra time. Half yeah. of our squad was getting stretched out and massaged. Nobody's talking to each other. There's no team cohesion. There's nobody, you know, ordering players around saying, hey, you got to do this. You got to expose this. You got to do that. Then you look at Liverpool. They're huddled around in a circle. Klopp is beating his chest. He's hugging and yeah. kissing the players. He's telling the young kids, you can do this shit. You meant to be here. This is your moment. What is. What's Pochettino doing? Oh, go go get your fucking uh, thigh massaged? Fuck that. What Pochettino should be telling them is you need to risk your hamstrings for a game like this. This is the type of game where you go all out. Like, you throw caution to the wind. I don't care if you yeah. get hurt for the next month or two. This is a fucking trophy on the line. And, uh, like, and then the other thing about going to penalties. Ah, everybody's seen that Mourinho quote. Like, everybody's seen the Mourinho quote. And and I'm not going to repeat it, but but we all get the gist of it. And honestly, Sam, this is Chelsea fucking football club. We've won more trophies in England than anybody else in the last 15 plus years, right? In the modern Premier League era. I think only Man City might rival us in that regard. But we're a winning football club. We had a winning culture. When a manager goes out and says, we're playing for pens, excuse me, against who? Are you playing against the Galacticos? 
Or are you playing <laughs> against a fucking Connor Bradley, who's a natural right back, is playing fucking right winger, a bunch of NPC Academy kids coming off the bench, they don't even have their faces uploaded into fucking FIFA yet, and <laughs> you're the one that's sitting back and defending? I'm sorry, did we not bring in an 80 million pound Mudrik, a 60 million pound Nkunku, a 30 million pound Noni Madueke, an experienced Trevor Chalaba? Like, that's the part that drives me crazy. And we're playing for pens? Like, that, even if it's true, even if the players were tired, even if, you know, they're leggy, whatever fucking excuse Pochettino gave us, why would you say that to the media? And why would you say that to your players? Like, full stop. There's no excuse for it. Any winning coach in any sport, talk Phil Jackson in basketball, you talk Sir Alex or Mourinho in soccer. You look at the elite athletes at the top level, the, the Rafa Nadals and, and, and like you, just across any sport. They don't have that mentality. Oh, I'm going to play to, I'm, I, you know, maybe we'll have a chance at penalties. No, fuck that. I'm going to win now. I'm going to bust my ass and do whatever I can to win now. It just, it's weak, man. It's so weak. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, I mean. Yeah, I think I think I sit more I'm I'm more aligned with what you're saying right now. And that's that's been Pochettino's Achilles heel. Like you you see the way that his teams have performed in cup finals before. It's it's unfortunate. I mean, you know, I'll give him credit for kind of I think he's been handling the criticism and the pressure pretty well, but that is yeah it if if you think about it like that's probably not the best way to address the situation like it's pretty stupid to say that like think of can you think of any other elite manager in football that would say the same thing pep guardiola klopp zidane uh, klopp Mourinho, <laughs> klopp sir alex in excuses. his day ancelotti Okay, I don't know. Like, here's the thing, Sam. Klopp would never play for pens. If anybody should have played for pens in this game, it should have been Liverpool because they hardly created, and they were playing with these young academy kids. So, like, just logically, if yeah. anybody should have sat back and just absorbed pressure and got through the the 120 minutes, it should have been Liverpool, not us. And I'm not buying this legginess. We subbed out our whole front three and had fresh legs on. Why is Mudrik walking? <laughs> Why is Nkuku walking? Yeah, yeah. Those like, guys have no excuse for sure. Nothing, yeah. Oh, man. Those two, I just, every single match, I lose more and more faith in them. Mudrik especially, man. Yeah, Mudrik is a tough one because... Like, usually, you'll see, like, some flashes of, okay, yeah. ooh, like, like, th- like this guy, yeah, like, like th- to be fair to Matoeke, like, he has flashes, where sometimes he'll take two or three guys on the dribble and yeah. carry the ball 40 yards, and you're like, damn, like, okay, I could see why we bought him. With Mudrik, it's just like, he's just a pace merchant. and a, Yeah, and he loses the ball, too, when he tries to run with oh, it. God. So... I- and in Kunku, I, I feel like in Kunku, I'm not losing faith in him, but I'm starting to think that Pochettino, or I know that Pochettino 
has no idea how to use him. Yeah. He doesn't have a fucking clue. He's like, I'm just gonna throw him up top and see what happens. He's not gonna he's not gonna play with his back to goal. He's not gonna be your target man. He's not gonna mm-hmm. be like your your classic number nine. But he's also like that's the thing. Like you you you've had these players all season long. Like and and if we are data driven, which we supposedly are, because data says we should be in fifth, so the hierarchy is very happy with the way everything is going. If we are data driven, don't you have the data on Nkunku and how he operates on the left compared to up top, compared to playing at the ten, compared compared to playing with a strike partner, compared to playing alone? Like, where's that data? So Holcomb are only using him one fucking way. And that's just like, here, we're going to put him up top and let's see what happens. Let's not Man. try to pair him with Nico Jackson, who he was combining really well with all season. Let's not try to play him off of the left. Or let's not try to play him at the 10, where he can be a creator and get on the ball more. Like, there's, like, no invention. Zero. Have you seen uh, Nico Jackson's heat map for this match? Mm-mm. It's literally all over the fucking pitch. He was everywhere. Um, like I said, he was good on yeah. the day. He was he did everything he possibly I, could have. I was just scraps. trying to I was just trying to remember like when Nkunku came on. Um, like did did he play more central or was it Nico Jackson? And I think Nico Jackson was out wide more. Maybe they should have swapped. Honestly, I don't think like in in any I situation, I don't think the formula is playing Nico or Nkunku out wide. I think you play them both centrally up top together. Yeah, like you did in the yeah. Preseason. Yeah, true, true. Because Nico has the pace to get in behind, and Kunku has you know like the ability. He's clever enough to pick him out. Yeah. And you know Nico does provide good service. Like he takes his man one v one and he picks out passes. And Kunku's really good at arriving in the box as like a late runner. Why haven't we tried that? I just it it, it really should be Nico and Kunku and then Cole Palmer playing right behind him. Like that should be the front three. But we keep reverting back to this same fucking right wing, left wing, Connor Gallagher at the number ten who can't fucking finish a goal or save his life. As much as I love the guy, it's. I, I I just didn't get the tactics, man. They made absolutely no sense to me. Yeah. One one last thing before we move on to the questions. I fucking hate this Kelleher guy, their keeper. <laughs> I fucking hate him and his stupid fucking hair, the comb over. Like this guy has a fucking like smug look on his face. He he bought he's We've played three matches, three cup finals against him, and we haven't scored a single fucking goal against him. That's it's so annoying. Credit credit him. to him though. I mean, no, fuck him. for a backup goalkeeper, uh, he's not half bad, man. No, I'm not giving him any. He's a, fucking he's a decent. Sh- he's a decent shot. Slot, he only man. had nine saves. We had ten. <laughs> Petrovic had ten saves, so he can get fucked. Wasn't yeah, even the best could. keeper today. He could get shit. fucked. Well, he also so, scored a pen on Keppa, didn't he? Wasn't he the one that scored? Yes, the Zach. He did score a fucking pen. I yeah. I fucking hate him. Yeah, he could go fuck himself. And then Keppa missed his, missed and, the goal by a fucking meter. All right. Yeah. Let's Keppa go into the did his best Gallagher impression on that one. I hate 
I hate Liverpool right now so much. Yeah, me too. And the dick riding was just next level. Oh my it was it was Klopp just gonna oh Liverpool scared. with the youngest their their team was so young. It's like, dude, did you look at the average age of our starting eleven compared to theirs? We were almost no. three years younger than them. I don't. But buy somehow that. Liverpool is the young team. Fuck, they could go f- get fucked, dude. For all I care. Same with Jurgen Klopp and his ugly ass, crooked ass dentures. Anyways, um, let's get into this. Yeah, dude, those things, those chompers, you're telling me those are real? I think think they're veneers, not dentures. Or veneers, veneers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not dentures. He's got got wooden teeth. He's got the George Washington. Actually, George Washington's uh, was actually made of human teeth. Did you know that his dentures? It's a fucked up story about our founding father. Yeah, they, yeah, I think it were like some of them were slave teeth, some of them were like, yeah, yes. it was. I, I I purposely didn't mention that, but <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it's okay. He's uh, it's true. I mean That's it's not okay that he had those teeth, but it's okay to mention it because we want to be historically accurate, right? Um, yeah, his, yeah, history major. There you history are. major. Yep, yep. I actually saw those teeth in real life at the at one of the Smiths. Oh Center. yeah, it's, it's yeah they have it on display. Disgusting. Um. At Human Capital Department, he said, uh, disappointed, but for 90 minutes, we looked okay against one of the strongest teams in the league. The team is improving. Slowly. The only acceptable reaction from the players and manager slash coach now is to beat Leeds in the FA Cup. Uh, wow. You know, this is, this is such a glass-half-full approach, and I appreciate it. I really do. But unfortunately, and Sam, maybe you could talk a little bit more about it, I, I, I don't agree with it. I think it's two steps forward, five steps back. Just like every other time we drop an important result. Yeah, and you know, saying that we looked okay against one of the strongest team in the league, like this, this we did not play against the strongest team in the league. Like yeah. Liverpool is in first, yes, like we you can say that, but it the team we actually played against that's not the the strongest teams, um, but. On the other note of improvement, like, I do see it, Zach. Like, Zach, how different would this podcast be if that bullshit onside call didn't happen, we were up 1-0, and whatever happened, you know, like, we hit the post with Connor Gallagher, that goal goes in, we win, like, what if we win 2-0? And everything else was the same, but those two chances went in. Like, we would be fucking doing backflips saying this is the right path. We're, we're doing so well. Poch finally is making an impact on this team. Like I really do think that the performance was, was okay. Like it was, it was the finishing that really did us in. But I think for the most part, we are looking better. Um, And then, what I mentioned at the beginning of this episode is we, uh, we understand this is a project. The season is a wash, right? It would have been nice to have a trophy, but overall in the project, like I think this leads match is going to mean a lot for the team's morale. Mm-hmm. Like if, if we lose this match, the rest of the season is going to be a fucking disaster. I mean, right? even if we don't play well, like even if we scrape by and barely win, 
Like, like, let's say we nab like a late goal off of a corner or a fucking deflection or something. I don't know. It's catastrophic. I mean, we need to go in Zach, there and the, smack them around. Zach, we're a championship the, side. The result is everything. We, like, like I just said, if we won that game today or yesterday two nil. The performance is a masterclass. Those two chances go in, it's a masterclass. No, I would have never you said lose. that. I, I, I would even admit, if, if, if we won, it, listen, if we won that game, like let's say Gallagher's chance goes in, Nico's, is an off, Nico's not offsides, we walk away 2-3-0, whatever, I would have never said it was a masterclass. It was so fucking sloppy for the first 30 minutes. I would say the whole first half was just so, so sloppy. Malo Gusto, I think he mistouched the ball maybe five or six times. Colwell, maybe three or four times. Desasi, Enzo was just Enzo sucked flat out. Like yeah. he didn't do anything positive for us in that game. I think the only players that could really hold their head high, obviously we mentioned Petrovic. Malo Gusto got his shit together eventually. Caicedo got his shit together eventually. Palmer got his shit together eventually. And then Nico was good the whole entire time he was on. Gallagher, Sterling, Enzo, Colwell, Chilwell. Dog shit. They did nothing for us. Like, and, and, the, and the bench. Oh, God. Yeah. My blood pressure, man. I can't take this. I saw a funny tweet of somebody that said uh, Chelsea should uh, help pay for their fans' medical bills this season because we're all <laughs> fucking blood pressure galore over here. Oh, my God. But no, I do see what you're saying, Sam. Like, yeah, obviously the tone would have been a little different if we got a victory, right? But I would have never sat here and said, oh, we played them off the pitch and we did X, Y, and Z. Like, it, I still would have said it was sloppy, but I wouldn't have gave a fuck because it's a one-off cup final, yeah. you know? I think well, against Leeds, it's I a little different. Yeah. Like, from where we were at the beginning of the season to where we are now, I think that what we see now, like now that Poch has figured out what his best eleven is, the way we want to play, he hasn't though. Like, I think he has. Why is Sterling in there? Over in Kunku. Still... In Kunku, I still don't know. Like, it has to be just the team not wanting to rush him back and get him hurt again. He's been back it... since like. I I I don't I, I'm not buying it. I'm sorry. No, Zach, he's been back for like three, four matches. He came back. He he missed the first three months of the season. He played a couple games. He missed all of January. He came back in February. Like he's missed eighty percent of the season, Zach, in two different stints. So I the this it's the only logical explanation. I really, I mean, I haven't heard anyone, I haven't heard any quotes from Poch about that, but there's no way that he thinks that our team, our team's best 11 does, doesn't include him. Because he's obviously the most talented player on the team. Like, he, I th I'd say he's more talented than Cole Palmer. Yeah, 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 in, in an attack, he's our best attacker. I mean, he so has a track record to no, prove it. Our best player, Barna, like, there's no... Yeah. You can make the and, argument, and any he he should be, should be yeah. So th there's there's no logical explanation for Poch not playing him, other than he's not hundred percent. Or Poch is a fucking dingus. 
I, dude, I as much as I want to believe that because he has made a lot of stupid decisions throughout the season. This one has to be medical, like, and it probably is coming from up top, like not just it's not like Ness or the medical team, like it's not his decision. Because he's he's always the first sub, right? He's always the first player off the bench. And the sub always happens, like, in the... I think he came on, what, like, the 58th minute? Something like that? So, I don't know. It's... That, that I will give him a pass on. I don't think that's his decision. I mean, I haven't made a determination on Nkunku yet. I still think he'll come good for us if he can be used in the right way. I, my My feeling is that Poch just has no fucking clue how to integrate him into the team. And I think yeah. and I think it's at the expense of Cole Palmer playing or uh, uh Connor Gallagher playing at the 10. Because in an I, ideal situation, you have Nkunku playing there or Palmer yeah. playing. Like we have we have better options than Connor Gallagher at the 10, man. God. They're right there in front of you. Dude, I all right, yeah, let's go to the next question. Next one, next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, at Ron, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Cool, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Supreme, a.k.a. Bone Daddy Ron, Deluxe. who got absolutely lit at the LHLC Blues viewing party, and he let us all know multiple times in the chat, which was hilarious. I'm glad he enjoyed himself, though. At least somebody enjoyed themselves. He mm. said, we played not to lose while Liverpool played to win. This is where the difference between Klopp and Poch is. One is, and it kills me to say, a winner. And the other is a guy who's content with not losing. Can we use this to build on? I think so, I think so, but also do not have any confidence in management to get us over this hump. And the talk of looking at Deserby makes me think Todd and them should have just bought Brighton at this point. <laughs> Did have a blast with the LA Chelsea Blues, though. Up the Chels. So let's dissect this a little bit. Let's talk about Klopp and Poch. I mean, he yeah, basically well, well, echoed what I said before... earlier. Wait, before you answer, I just want to point out one thing. Ron is the number one Jurgen Klopp hater on the planet. <laughs> and he called him a winner. Yeah. That's that's how down bad we are right now. <laughs> He's just being honest. And as much yeah. as I hate to say it, I, I would agree. I think Klopp is a winner. As much as I fucking hate his, I almost said dentures again, veneers. <laughs> his wooden teeth. His wooden teeth, and I hate the way he fist bumps, and I hate the way how he always victimizes himself, and I hate his team, I hate the colors that he wears, I hate the city that he's coached, I hate everything about him, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But he's a fucking winner, man. Yeah. It's thank God simple. he's leaving. Yeah, thank God. Oh, Hopefully dissect the question. So, okay, his first question, can we use this to build on? And I'm assuming he's talking about the loss. Oh, I mean, it It 100%, I think, is on the players. Like, the manager can only say so much. Like, I'm sure Poch is in there saying, you know, use this feeling and build, you know, build on it. Like, tell yourself you never want to be in this situation ever again kind of thing. But it's up to the players. The players need to individually, like, they're all adults. I know a lot of them, we call them kids, but they need to react to it in, the, in a positive way and use it to motivate them. So can we use this to build on? Yes, 100%. It's, it's great motivation, a great learning experience to 
at such a young age feel this terrible feeling of a loss and ridicule on such a on you know such a big stage um that's it could it could be an amazing thing well we'll just have to wait and see how they respond and i think this match against leeds is going to be a pretty good indicator of you know how they respond yeah, I mean, I would, I, I agree with you in a sense. I, I did like what some of the players said after the match. Malo Gusto posted something on his Instagram about, you know, he knows what it means to be a blue, and he knows how disappointed the fans are. Desasi said something to the same extent too. But I'm just looking around at some of these other players, and I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a lot of faith that this is a building block. I think this is more of an indicator that. Pochettino's just not the guy for the job and that the transfer strategy this entire time is rearing its ugly head and that there's no experience in the team, there's no grit. You know, we invested in potential and not proven talent. And I think that's yeah. ultimately the killer. Um his comment about uh the talk of looking at Deserby makes me think Tottenham should have bought Brighton at this point. I mean, that's hilarious because we did actually just pick up Brighton's uh head of recruitment. Yeah. So it's like, dude, here here's where I have the problem, okay? Yes, Brighton has been extremely successful the last three, four seasons mm. in terms of their league position, in terms of their transfer profits, in terms of the players they've brought in, the talent they're developing. Extremely successful is you're using that very loosely. I'm using they've, it they've... I'm using it in terms of Brighton's expectations. Yes. And how big of a club Brighton is. Yes. They've knocked it out of the park. But I said it earlier, we're Chelsea. The fact that we're modeling ourselves after a like a a flat out mid table club is is just it's embarrassing, dude. Yeah. I agree. It's it's really embarrassing. I'm trying to come I, up I'm trying to come up with another comparison in sports that's similar to that, but I really can't. I can't think of one. Like no offense. That would kind of that would kind of be like the Lakers changing their whole strategy and being like, we want to be more like the Clippers. And it's well, like one side has won should. a lot and one side hasn't won shit. Well, some offense, maybe a little bit. But you get the yeah. point, right? It's like the Celtics aren't looking at the fucking charlotte hornets and going there you go that's a better we're gonna change we're gonna change our strategy because the hornets had a couple good draft picks like no that's not how this works you know there's a reason why the big boys are the big boys like it's just yeah and unfortunately we're not one of the big boys anymore but what um the the does the thought of bringing into zerby like make you sick like i it does i i i hate him right now um and like it's just i feel like it's just going to be another miss for us but i don't know i think think his he like the mentality that you're talking about Mm -hmm. i think he has that the Mm -hmm. you know when you talked about the difference between klopp at you know at uh right before extra time like hugging all the players like time like i think deserby has that Mm mm-hmm so I'll give them that, but I don't know. This list that they're making, I'll be interested to see who uh, could possibly replace Podge. 
I like Amarim because he's one, he, like he uh, he's a winner. I mean, it's proven. If you look at his record, the guy wins football matches. I think I think it's a realistic target too because you can convince a guy to come from Portugal to a mid-table Premier League club. The Inzaghi rumors, I'm not buying them at all. Like that guy wants to run it back with Inter. Like he's won league titles on the spin now. He made a Champions League final. You know, he has he has talent in his squad. I know they're in a little financial situation, but why is he going to come and sacrifice Champions League and a, a league-winning side in a league that's actually competitive in the Serie A and come to a mid-table club that doesn't have Europe and whose best chance of getting into Europe is probably another Carabao Cup or FA Cup or whatever. But yeah. the, the with the Deserby thing, Sam, I, look, I think there will be a difference if we did bring in a guy like him, but it's going to be marginal because the bottom line is these players don't know how to win. Like, you need yeah. to have players in your squad that know how to win. Liverpool did finish with a young team. I give them that. But Virgil van Dijk, he's a fucking leader. He's a winner. Like, the guy's yeah. been there. He's done that. And all you really need is, like, maybe one or two of them sprinkled into the team. It's not like we're far off from it. But right. it's just, like, s- stop profiling, like, these young guys and get somebody that you know, with some hair on their balls. <laughs> That's the only way I can describe it. Yep. Um, anyways, next question here. At BDKane24, he asks, how can we keep Poch as manager when, he know- when we know he's a serial loser? He lost that game. We were all of them. We were all over them to the end of regular time, and then he went pussy mode and sat back against Academy kids. He can't coach attacking patterns for his life either. What the fuck was that? bit reactionary, I do have to say. I, I think the attacking patterns are there. We created five big chances. But, Sam, the serial loser comment. Mm-hmm. I am 100% in agreement with him. Yeah, maybe Poch isn't the guy. I don't think. Because you even mentioned it. Look, look how he did mm-hmm. in the Champions League final with, uh, with, with Spurs. That team yeah. was not set up to win. That team was set up to go to penalties, too. Like, and it, was it was against Liverpool, too. It was so dull. Like, I remember watching that game and being like, this is not a spectacle. Like, this is just a ticking time bomb for Spurs because Liverpool's going to find an opening somewhere along the line. Yep. And it was just like this cup final where, like, yeah, maybe we went for it for 20 minutes. But then, I don't know. He's turning us into Spurs, man. He really is. That. Stop saying that. I, I hate when people say that. We're never gonna be Spurs. Don't no matter how bad it gets, we will never be Spurs, okay? Don't well, don't fucking say that. We're gonna finish with as many trophies as them this year, so that's fine. We're probably gonna finish with as many trophies as Arsenal as well. <laughs> I hope so. That'd be nice. Uh at John Anomics 2 asks, apart from Petrovic, great performance from him. The club's a joke. Bully responsible. Too many players who don't give a shit on ten year contracts, no incentive there. Already made money for life. It's like having a squad full of Bogards. Poch, a cereal bottler, can just do one. We actually googled the definition of Bogard, and I couldn't find an official definition, but Urban Dictionary basically describes it as somebody who's extremely selfish. Yeah, if you let us know what uh, what that means, Jononomics. And also, uh, I think it's funny that you're using our, um, our, our questions tweet as, uh, like, 
a sort of therapy. Like that was just that was just the venting. Was there a question in there? No. There. Well, yeah, no. There actually is not a question in there. That's I funny. Love it. No, I think because a lot of a lot of our listeners do that. They 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 use our questions to eat as like a a, a means of of therapy of just letting it out and letting people know. And we always post it after the match, so we get very reactionary yeah yeah like like me and you after the match like we felt the same way like that's why i wanted to wait like a day to record um just so we can have more like level-headed responses but i love that i don't know yeah you i i I wonder i wonder if he feels the same way now like a day after if if this was a but yeah, the, I mean, they're I, not, they're not, they're not. Sorry, just one last thing. They're, yeah. you know, the incentive. They're already on ten-year contracts. So there's no incentive. Like, if that were true, then no professional athlete, no professional soccer player would ever try. Like these guys all get paid. It's yeah, I mean, look, here. I don't think it's a matter of the players not trying. They clearly did. They're just either not good enough or not managed well enough. It's that. It's it's that simple. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, here at the blues on parade podcast, mental health is very important to us. So keep using the <laughs> post game yeah, tweets to vent and get it off your chest. I'd rather you have it, take it out on us and take it out on your wives or girlfriends. Just put it that way. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyways, yeah. last we, question we are, here. We are an anti-domestic violence podcast. Anti-domestic violence. Of course. That's our official stance. We are, we oppose it. Where all we do is talk shit about domestic violence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, At waiting for Kendry. And actually, funnily enough, Kendry was watching that match. Which is probably making him so excited that he's not joining this next season. But (laughs) So he has some time to potentially watch us turn it around. But at waiting for Kendry asks us, I thought we did all right for the 90, which is true. I made peace that it just wasn't meant to be today. Then I heard Poch state we played for pens in extra time. Is he having a fucking laugh? Disgraceful Spursy mentality that's not welcome here. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for writing that. I have nothing to add. I think that's perfectly put. Yeah, I mean, okay. Again, let's stop using Spurs as, like, we can't compare ourselves to Spurs. But, yes. Pochettino's mentality was Spursy. I'll give it that much. He's got the DNA. He does have the DNA. And the only league that he's won matches in is France. And if I'm not mistaken, didn't Lille win the title that year? One, Yeah, he lost it one year. Both them. Good lord. Good lord. Yep. Anyways. Uh... Um, do you have anything else to add about the Liverpool match? Because I want to I, I um, if I keep if I can continue telling you my feelings, I'm gonna use every single curse word in the book and probably get canceled somewhere along the way. Yeah, uh, just let's just if we lose this next match, I think the rest of the season is gonna be a disaster. Potch in or potch out some before we move on. End of the uh, season. Let's say let's say he makes it oh, to the end of this. Okay. Year. Well, well, yes to the end of the year. So 
Like, I don't want him sacked. Like, okay, if we lose against Leeds, I don't know. He has to go if we lose against Leeds. Like, not to the end of the season, you're saying? Like, yeah, sack him yeah. the next day. I mean, look, I don't want to caretaker the week, manager either, and I don't think that there's a quick fix on the market right now. But, like, let's – don't think about the solution or the successor to Potch. Think about just Potch in isolation. Potch in or Potch out. Is he the guy or is he not the guy? No, he's not. He's yeah, not the guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. Because you complimented Sterling earlier. I thought you might you might throw me another curveball there. I just wanted to Oh. No, I just thought that he wasn't as bad as people made it. And please don't please don't mistake that for me praising him at all. <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't a full he wasn't totally ass. He was more like one butt cheek is what you were saying. Yeah, one Eden Hazard butt cheek though, so that's like one and a half asses. I'll one up you. I think he was a whole Ivanovich butt cheek. Ooh, it's so like one point seven five. One point seven five of a normal <laughs> ass. Um Anyways, we do play Leeds, like you mentioned. Uh, this is coming up on Wednesday at the Bridge FA Cup match. And look, man, I mean, it should be a winnable game, but Leeds have been on fire this year. They're second in the championship. They haven't lost a match since the new year, and I believe they played 12 games in total. They won 11 of them. Um, so they've really kind of found their, found their groove at this point in the season. They're also coming off uh, the biggest win of the year against Leicester, who's the championship league leaders, just three days ago on the 23rd. And look, I mean, if you if you go through their squad, there's Premier League experience. There's quality players. You know, Melier in goal, who's obviously had a couple years in the Premier League under his belt. Uh, Wilfred Gananto, Crescencio Somerville, uh, the wingers that played for them last season uh, when they were in the Premier League. And... Former Chelsea player Ethan Ampadu, who's actually wearing the captain's armband for them. He's been playing at center back, believe it or not, uh, next to Joe Roden, who's another guy that has Premier League experience. But, you know, safe to say, Sam, this isn't, you know, uh, a walk. It's not going to be a walk in the park by any stretch of the imagination. Like, Leeds are actually a competitive side. They're doing well in their league. They're high. They've never been more confident. This is probably the worst time to play them all season. And they're one of our oldest, most hated, filthy, dirty-ass rivals that we have. Yeah. Well, what, team, what, what, what team needs to be out there? You got Petrovic in goal. Same back yeah, four. Same back four. I mean, like, do you do, you do um, Malagusta on the left? And um, Chalaba on the right, like Ben Chilwell has been really bad. Like, and I say this as a huge Ben Chilwell fan, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't mind him sitting on the mat. I honestly wouldn't even mind fucking playing a back three for once. Get rid of these wingers. Our wingers suck. Play a back three. You can what play Chalaba back now? there. You can put Colwell or Disasi in the middle, Colwell on the left. You'd go with the four, uh, the uh, Enzo and Caicedo as our midfielders. You put Chilwell at left wing back or Gusto at le- or yeah, Chilwell at left wing back, Gusto right wing back. Put Cole Palmer at the ten. Drop Cole, Connor Gallagher and Kunku and Nico Jackson up top. You go with like a three-five-two basically, or a three-four-one-two yeah. if you want to yeah. be more attacking. Why not? 
Does that sound that crazy? We can defend well because we ha we'll have we'll have a lot of size, especially because size has been our issue. So it kind of solves that problem. We have three six footers on the pitch. You put Ben Chilwell back in his natural position where he's more mm -hmm. comfortable and doesn't have to defend as much. We know Malaguso can go yeah, forward. I think I think Malaguso would star, like yeah. thrive in that. Um, so you're basically, in essence, you're 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 replacing um, Gallagher um, with um, with uh, Chalaba, right? Yeah, so Chalaba, right center back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh -huh. So you replace Maybe we don't, Gallagher. Yeah, we don't have any other options. You replace no. You replace Gallagher with Nkunku. And then you're basically replacing the other winger who would probably be like Sterling or Madueke, whoever, oh, right. with Chalaba. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you keep your you keep your solidity defensively. We have size in the defense set pieces, which is probably going to be you know one of the things Leeds leads on to get a breakthrough against well, us. Oh yeah, and we're and we're so good at defending set pieces as well. Good lord, yeah, I didn't even talk about that, but like, hey, has anybody read a scouting report on Van Dyke? He literally scored the same exact goal. I think it was against Brentford earlier this week. Same exact goal. Yep. Front post run, nobody blocks him off. But yeah, I mean, like, it, I don't think it sounds that crazy. Like, yeah, we're, we're creating chances with this 4-2-3-1, but as long as, you know, we're playing Connor Gallagher and, you know, not putting out our all of our firepower, what's the point? And at least if you switch to this back three, you're playing your best attackers in roles that they're naturally used to. You're going to get the most out of your wingbacks, who are both attacking wingbacks by trade. And you keep your solidity defensively. Like, it, it doesn't... And doesn't... And doesn't, uh, doesn't uh, Sporting also play a back three? I think I'm pretty sure that they play a back three. So yeah, setting the team up for you know get them used to it for when we bring in Amarim next year. <laughs> yeah, like why not? I, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. But anyways, I mean, are you gonna are you gonna give a prediction? How do you think it's gonna go? I would love to see that. I don't think it will do it. Yeah, same. But um, I would. I think that's. Like we we didn't really talk about Gallagher and you know he had those two really terrible misses, um. But he's been he's been bagging a couple goals in our last three matches, and I think that he has it in him, like more than any of our other midfielders. Um. So if we were gonna not play a back four like he would not be the player that i drop like i would rather i'd rather drop raheem sterling from the starting 11 and um keep connor gallagher out there so you, you know play they can bring in Nkunku. yeah but then where does cole palmer go or nico right wing then cole palmer can be oh, oh, oh you're saying if we yeah, don't play three. a back three yeah, 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 I'm saying because that, oh, that's probably the most realistic situation. Like, Yeah, realistically, Gallagher is probably going to wind up getting started. And I'm or, fine or with that. Like, I think he should. I think he should. I think the key here is you got to get Nkunku involved. Do what you need to do. He needs to get involved in the team now. There's no more waiting. We're almost in March. 
we can still salvage some type of form. We can still potentially make it into Europe if we get on a run between now and the end of the season. And if this really is make it or break it for Poch, throw you you have to throw caution to the wind. Like all the reports coming out today, I know Steinberg said it. I know Matt Law said it. I know Nazar Kinsella said it too. Like, you know, there's quote unquote whisperings that Poch has to beat Leeds. Okay, play your strongest eleven. Put your best players out there. Okay, and then and throw caution to is, the wind. You got. So go is it. it is it with a back four? The regular, the same, uh, and then have Enzo and Caicedo, mm-hmm. and then Sterling on the left, Nkunku in the middle, Palmer on the right, uh, Nico Jackson at striker. Is that our best 11? Probably. Yeah, right? because Mudrick's not doing it, and Madueke's not doing it. Yeah. I just don't I I just don't want to see wingers anymore. Like I think we should just go 4-4-2, put two players up top. Or go with a diamond, play a diamond 4-4-2, put drop Conor Gallagher a little deeper into the midfield as like a, as an 8 instead of a 10. You put yeah. Cole Palmer behind Nkunku and Jackson and let them go to work. Okay. I think I think that works too. I like same, that lineup. Same, I wouldn't mind it. It's the same, yeah, same 11, but the way that you line them up, I think that's probably you get the most value out of them. Because we're not getting any production from the wing players unless their name's Cole Palmer. And let's be real, Cole Palmer is not a natural winger. He drifts inside. Like, he makes most of his money in the central areas. Yeah, then who would be the fourth player in the midfield you mentioned? You said... It would be three. So you have Caicedo at the base, Enzo and Gallagher playing as a double eights, Cole Palmer right in front of them. That's your diamond. Yeah. Nico and Nkunku up top, same back four. Got it. Poch needs to do that. Try something yeah. else, man. Just just try something else. I don't want to see Sterling. You know, I don't want to see Nkunku's ass on the bench again. Just try something new. Unleash. You know, some of these, like, if you want Ben Chilwell to be more attacking and not as exposed defensively, why don't you throw Connor Gallagher on his side? Let Chilwell push up, and then Connor Gallagher could cover the ground behind Chilwell. Like, boom. Mm-hmm. Now you get the best out of Chilwell. Malaguso could hold his own on that side, on the right. Yeah, I mean, as again, as much as I think that that is our best... Uh, I've been saying it for weeks, Zach. I've wanted to see this for weeks, but uh, we just know it won't happen. So maybe, maybe though, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Maybe Anyways, Poch is listening. Yeah, Poch, if you're listening, get fucked. Oh, yeah, that um, part too. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I mean, that kind of brings us to the end of the show, so I'm, I think we should just wrap it up from here. If you're still listening, God bless you, because it's been a tough one. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, at Blues on Parade. Like we mentioned earlier, we post a questions tweet at the end of every match. Gives you the chance to vent, make comments, or the actual purpose of it is to ask us questions so we can uh, have some talking points to bring into the podcast like we did today. So um, until next time, keep the blue flag flying high.